You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, John. Um, so that's the injury report. Let's get into uh, let's get into our pregame six pack, John. Six people, position group, storylines, esoteric things that may affect the Cincinnati Bengals and the Houston Texans in Cincinnati. Noon kick on Sunday. Uh, on uh, Sports Radio 610 if you want to listen to it. I'm anxious to get your prediction, John, for this game. Uh, But we'll get to the six-pack first. And you always go first, my friend. Fire away. Of course it would be C.J. Stroud, but I'll leave him to you. Damian Pierce, everybody thought he's a big part of the problem why they can't run the ball. I think people now realize it isn't the running backs, it's the offensive line. So I'm going to say the offensive line, which did a really good job of pass protecting has got to do a better job of run blocking against a defense that struggled against the run. The last time they went against a defense that struggled against the one run two weeks ago at Carolina, they ran for 110 yards. Well, you know, that's no big deal for most teams, but for the Texans, it was time to pop the champagne corks because they're one of the worst running teams I've ever seen. So many players get hit in the backfield. They had to have Xavier Hutchinson do an end around for 12 yards, and they had to have C.J. Stroud take a pitch from Singletary, which was not designed, and 10 yards. Stroud's had a double-digit run in each of the last 10 yards. So 22 yards were manufactured, and it's amazing that they were able to win the game against the Bucks with no running game whatsoever. Zero. You can't win consistently in the NFL if you can't run. But when it comes to run blocking, you know, it's hard. It either can do it or they can't. They've had the line together now. They've got the stability. Michael Dieter did a really good job at center. I believe Pro Football Focus had him the highest rated offensive lineman they had. Titus Howard was the lowest. And so it's the offensive line has got to do better because you don't want to go three and out. You don't want second and nine, uh, third and eight, and that's up to the line to try to kick some butt, control the clock a little bit. And on the other hand, you know, they are going to have to throw the ball. I'm not so sure I wouldn't throw it on first down almost every time. All right, John, my first one is the Texans. I'm going to call it the intermediate part of the pass defense. Call it the linebackers. They had another bad game last week against the tight end. Kate Otten had a huge game against them for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, including a touchdown that would have been the game-winning touchdown if C.J. Stroud didn't pull a rabbit out of his hat. Last week, Cincinnati's tight ends in their game against Buffalo 
had 10 receptions for 101 yards and two touchdowns on 13 Ooh, targets. Lincoln and Chops. The Texans are 31st in passer rating against tight ends this year so far, and they have just been diced up by quarterbacks a whole lot worse than Joe Burrow in that intermediate passing game. So um, that's that that's a big one for me this week because you know depending on what pieces are there, especially if Cashman is out. Cashman's been their best linebacker in coverage so far this year. Um, so that's that's a big one for me is. The Bengals might be missing some pieces on the outside, but they showed last week that they can work the tight end game as well. And the Texans have been really, really bad at defending tight ends this year. So that's that's my first one for the six pack. And that's a great one. What do you know? What team is actually worse than the Texans against tight ends? I don't. I only saw that they were rated thirty first. I don't you know who's imagine worse. If there, there there's a team out there worse than the Texans at containing tight ends. Yep, it's wow. uh, it's it's pretty remarkable because the Texans are really, really bad at it. No doubt about that. I am uh, going to go with Stroud, you know, the okay. obvious one. He can't keep playing perfect games like this. You know, if he, gosh, he only threw two touchdown passes, but he hasn't turned it over. It's just remarkable the way he played. All the national outlets are talking, ESPN, NFL Network, Athletic. He's in the running for the MVP. And I don't know, you got to me, you're going to have to make the playoffs to be able to get the MVP, but it's still great that he's getting that kind of consideration. And with no running game, he's going to have to be precise. They got a good pass rush. He's in the Buccaneers. We talked about the, the pass protection that he received. And on that last drive, it was great, but he was forced out of the pocket a lot. And he had to make plays on the run. All those people that talked about his lack of mobility before the draft. That was ridiculous. He always been able to run. He just hadn't had to. And one of the things D'Amico Ryan's talked about was his instincts when things break down. And I've got a column about he and Watson and comparing them in that situation off schedule when instincts take over. And he's been tremendous. I'm not not for him taking pitches from Singletary, which they pulled out of their butt. But he's still – had a 10-yard and a 12-yard gain the last two weeks. If they could let him run on the boot with the with assurance that he's going to slide. And he talked about playing baseball. He want, All athletes want to be baseball players, which I thought was weird. I thought they wanted to be basketball players. Let Make sure he knows how to slide and let, ready, let him run a little bit on those bootlegs to loosen up the linebackers where they can't just put everybody in the box. But Stroud's going to have to play a perfect game for them to have a chance to upset the Bengals and end their four-game winning streak. I'm with you on that. I think the only way the Texans win this game is if it's a shootout. You know, if it's if it looks a lot like last week's game, you know, back and forth, Stroud versus Burrow, Stroud hero ball. And I think that's – if they're going to win the game, that's probably the formula is to lean on C.J. Stroud. Along those lines, John, mine, my uh, item to watch here in the six-pack, the Texans wide receiving core, um, Nico Collins is on the injury list, as you pointed out, but I'm, I'm anticipating he's going to play. Noah Brown has been great the last two weeks, uh, really great last week. Uh, Tank Dell has been awesome all season long, seven games into his career. He's got the second most receiving yardage of any rookie Texans receiver through seven games behind only Andre Johnson, which means he's ahead of DeAndre Hopkins on, on a list like that. Um, so Tank Dell has been amazing. The the Cincinnati uh, secondary, they had to replace both their safeties this year because uh, Jesse Bates and Von Bell both left in free agency. But their corners are really, really good. 
They hold wide receivers to a passer rating of just above 70, which is really, really solid. Wow. Yeah. So this, this should be, this should be a fun matchup between, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not giving out that passer rating in a way where I'm conceding that the Texans are going to have to find some other way to move the football. I'll give you a fact about the Texans, John. Let me get my uh, my little notebook where I wrote this down here, my little green notebook, because I, I this was hand handwritten research that I did yesterday on Pro Football Focus, and I get it that Pro Football Focus isn't always exact. You know, it's very subjective in terms of the scores and things like that. But the Texans are the only team. The Texans are the only team in the NFL with three receivers in the top twenty-six among all the receivers in the NFL. There's, I think, 110 receivers that have played enough snaps to get pro football focus rated. And uh, Nico Collins is ninth. Noah Brown is 18th. And Tank Dell is 26th. They, they're the only team with three in the top 26. The next team to get to three receivers on the list is Seattle, and they have three in the top 33. And you think about Seattle's receiving core, that's DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That's a considered a, an elite core. So... Um, so that so the, the the wide receiving core of the Texans isn't just achieve, overachieving above what people expected them to achieve. They are achieving amongst the best wide receiving cores in the NFL so far this year. Let's give a shout out to the McDaniels who is not getting criticized coast to coast. Josh McDaniels got fired. They're smoking champagnes. His brother Ben is doing an outstanding job coaching the Texans receivers. He's also a passing game coordinator. Ben is doing a tremendous job, and I always thought it's funny. Josh McDaniels has been head coach twice. He's not hired Ben. Maybe Ben turned him down, knowing what was in store. But he's done a terrific job because start of the season, we all locally and nationally, man, they need better receivers. Their top pick should be a go-to receiver uh, next season, and I'm not saying it still won't be because they're going to have to pay some money. And uh, but. Uh, you're right. Those guys have gone above and beyond. And and everybody's going crazy over Stroud, and they should this week. But he was coming off a 140-yard game, and Dalton Schultz was coming off two catches for five yards. So they just exploded in the second half against the Buccaneers, who had a good defense. And on paper, Tampa Bay's defense is good as Cincinnati's. Different. And Baker Mayfield played great. It's hard to imagine Joe Burrow playing any better than Mayfield did. They couldn't blame that one on him. So – I'm I'm not if I this is the worst weekend of Sean I've ever seen for primetime games, not to mention the game from Germany. Yeah. That they didn't flex the Texans and Stroud while he's hot with Joe Burrow and the Bengals while they're hot and put you, a game out there with two former Ohio State quarterbacks. But John, that's a decision they would have had to make two weeks ago. You know, they these yeah, flex okay, decisions you're right. these flex you're right. decisions get made at a time where the Texans probably had just lost to the Carolina Panthers, you know? You're right. Yeah. So Of course they didn't do it now. What they should do, look at that schedule when they play Jacksonville after Arizona, yeah. and because there's a good chance they'll be 5-5 five and five at that one, and, and maybe flex that game and see if the Texans can sweep that season series because it's going to have uh, big implications. Huge. And the Jags are underdogs this weekend against San Francisco. The Texans can pull off the upset. There's a chance to get within a game here. And if they're within a game of Jacksonville in week 12, when Jacksonville comes to Houston, then Texans win that game. They've got the tiebreaker over the Jags. They're 2-0 against them this year. It's just too bad when the Cardinals get here, it won't be Clayton Toon. It'll be Kevin Murray. My Tyler next Murray. one's going to be Matt Amendola, the kicker. 
Okay. He's been had a cup of coffee here before. He's bounced around. He's okay. And uh, he's not as good as Kami Fairbairn, who's only missed one field goal this year. But if the Texans have a chance to shock the world and pull off an upset, chances are it's going to come down to the end, and it could be a field goal. And uh, so he is going to be uh, essential, I think, for the Texans to come close or to beat the Bengals. Yeah, I know that if if Matt Amendola matters in this game, then this has been a successful Sunday for the Texans. Absolutely. Right? If he matters in this game. By the way, uh, credit our producer, James Jackson, who just told us in the chat that that Baltimore is currently last in defending tight ends. A little surprising. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't have guessed them. I I would not have either. I would would have gone way down the list. Baltimore's a good defense, but they're just not good at defending. Chicago, Arizona. This you feels like one of those things. You know, it feels like John. It feels like one of those things where Baltimore's so good at defending everything else that these teams all they just have to use their tight ends. They have no other choice. That kind of thing. Um, so uh, okay, so Matt Amendola, John. My last one is not a person. It's really just pointing out an aspect of this game that I think might might help the Texans out. Now, on the one hand, you could go, "Wow, that was really that was an emotionally kind of draining game for the Texans, the way they won against Tampa Bay." But I don't get the sense in observing this team operate this week. And knowing D'Amico Ryans and kind of how he's, you know, how even keeled he is and how he's able to, I think, kind of block out the noise. Um, I'm not expecting any sort of letdown from the Texans because they won such an emotional game last week, you know, with that comeback at the end. I do wonder with Cincinnati, for people who aren't aware, Cincinnati's previous two games, two weeks ago they played San Francisco, one of the best teams in the league at the time, and they won. And then last week they beat Buffalo. That, but the Buffalo is, you know, again, these are two teams, San Francisco and Buffalo, that are considered contenders. Now they play the Texans. The next two weeks they play Baltimore and Pittsburgh, I think at Baltimore ooh, next week. Ooh. So two division games coming up. So I'm only pointing that out to say that if you were handicapping this game, like from a gambling standpoint, this is a this is almost an ideal juncture in the schedule. Aside from, other than the Texans maybe calling too much attention to themselves by the way they won that Tampa Bay game, like that probably woke up a lot of people about the Texans. So there's no chance for them to just kind of lay low and get ignored entirely. But human nature is such that boy has a big win over the Bills on national TV on Sunday Night Football last week, and now you got Baltimore, who's I think a lot of people consider the best team in the NFL next week. Um, this, if you're the Texans and you're picking a spot on the schedule to put this game, probably the only one better would be to put it after the Ravens game, before the Steelers game, in between two rough and rugged, high-profile division games. So this is a pretty ideal spot on the schedule for the Texans if they're going to pull off an upset. Or put it in Houston. Yeah, yeah. So Wouldn't that be you- fun? This is the last game that they have against a team that that is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I don't consider the Jaguars a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I put them right behind the top three in the AFC. But, man, oh, man, Cincinnati winning at the 49ers, that was impressive. Yeah, very much so. What do you consider Cleveland at this point, John? I'm just curious. Uh, they're, they're just, you know, with Watson being in and out of the lineup, they got a great defense, of course. Yep. That's in the NFL right now. But I don't see Watson – is being consistent enough or healthy enough to put them up there with Baltimore and Kansas City and Cincinnati. Okay, I'm with you on that. All right, so John, what's the prediction? I'm predicting the uh, Bengals win 30 to 23. Okay, I got 30 to 27. I think it's going to be a lot like last week's game. I think CJ's going to hang in there and 
Um, so you and I are kind of on the same page there. Uh, that 30 to 23. So you got them covering, though, because last I checked, the spread is six and a half. So you got them covering the number. Three right points. Bengals, that is. That Amendola misses the field goal. It's going to time for Stogie. Yeah, right now the Bengals, well, the spread is up to seven now. So the Bengals favored by a full touchdown now over the Texans. So you got to. That's right where you got it, 30 to 23. There you go. 